0: Alright, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian.
1: Hello.
0: Check us out on Twitter at the PK Glue Guys. Almighty baller, Netspod at Gmail is our email. That is it. That is where you send them in. Brian!
1: Mike, we're fired up from that big W tonight. That was amazing.
0: Dude, it was so exciting. 20-point win against the Hornets. Oh, wait. <laughs> Um, what a effing disaster! I'm you sorry. Made, you,
1: sounds like you made sure to watch that fourth quarter too, Mike.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I was gonna I was gonna be text you because we're doing this late at night. It's ten twelve on 3 21 two thousand and eighteen. The snowstorm of spring, and mm. and I'm here sitting here thinking. All right, let's get this done early. Let's maybe pop it on five minutes left in the fourth. We're gonna have a big lead. We can start early. We can get this out. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. I've work at... I got. Boom, boom, boom! I got things to do. And the frickin' Nets, Brian. The frickin' Nets blew it.
1: Sorry, I didn't hear any of what you said, but I'm assuming you just recapped the game in a um, <laughs> <laughs> in a very professional uh, manner. Yeah, um, I don't, dude. I was watching that in, in sort of like disbelief. I just kind of, I this that identity of losing. Leads to teams and and uh, and like just having a farty fourth quarter kind of hasn't been the name of the game for this season. Um, and let's all take a minute to just appreciate that that's generally not been the case. Coughing up late game leads. We did it tonight. Right. Lesson learned. OK. Can't sleep on on <laughs> the, the Charlotte Hornets of all people. Um, you know. Well,
0: OK. So in defense. The Hornets are not a tanking team,
1: all right? They're, they're
0: playing Dwight Howard big minutes. They're playing Kemba Walker big minutes. This uh, Frank Kaminsky, this is a non-tanking team. But I do feel like, and I'm ready to say this, I feel like there's a slight give-up factor with what Kenny Atkinson is doing. I'm not saying Kenny Atkinson is giving up. What I am saying is the fact that Quincy A.C. Bryan was playing center for as many minutes as he played was unacceptables, Brian. I'm sorry. You can't... Uh, so so we have gotten we get emails about this all the time, about what Jaleel Okafor is doing. He's doing nothing, right? He's sitting on the bench doing absolutely nothing. And I'm not saying he would have been the solution at the end of the game, but honestly, the, the possession at the end of the game, when I think the Nets were up by two, 105-103 left, and Kemba hits the, the bucket in the lane and the foul shot, Mozgov should have been on the goddamn floor. I know that he hasn't played in 40 games, but if you're not going to have Jared Allen out there, you can't put Quincy AC at the five against a team like the Hornets who, while they stink, have Kemba Walker and have Dwight Howard. You cannot your boy,
1: do that. True boy Ronald Kaplan's calling for Okafor's number. He's saying, why is he still not playing? Second half, he was screaming for him. Played well versus the Sixers. Just don't get his stubbornness with regards to Atkinson. Um, and thought process. Ron, sure boy. Mike, what's going on there? Talk to me.
0: So, and here's the thing, okay? Obviously, right, Brian, we know Jaleel Okafor is not a rim protector.
1: Can I just say this also? Ronald Kaplan, thank you for hitting us up. Hit us up, netspod at gmail.com. You already know, Mike. Back to you.
0: Very professional. (laughs) Okafor, not a rim protector, right? I think we can agree. Not a rim protector. But... He is a tall dude. He is a taller dude than Quincy Acy. And I've put up, me, myself, and I, have put up enough with this team of having guys who are power forwards and small forwards playing center. And this is what happens when you put those guys out on the floor all the time. You still need to have a somewhat kind of a structure. There needs to be a little bit of a structure out there. You need to have some regular rotation of big men. Quincy AC is not in that rotation. Should not be in that rotation of centers. I don't care. He's he's not Draymond Green. And you put him out there at against his disadvantage. It's not his fault. He's being mm. put in a position where he cannot succeed. He's having to guard Dwight Howard, and then coming off Dwight Howard who had 30 and a 30-20 game to come off to guard and then go cover on top of Kemba Walker. That's not it, yeah. it it's it's, I'm sorry, that's bad coaching, B-A-D coaching for Kenny Atkinson.
1: Here we go, Mike. Mike's going in. I'm Watch frustrated. that
0: now. No, because I love. you know I love Kenny Atkinson, right? We're super big fans, love him. He's the greatest. Sean Marks is the greatest GM ever, blah, blah, blah. But you can't – there's a certain point where, yes, tinkering is great, and this team's not going anywhere this season, so tinkering is fine. But if you are no. trying to win games, you can't put Quincy Ac at center in a game like this. It's they're... not
1: tinkering to watch Dwight Howard fire 5,000 bunnies at the rim. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing tinkering about that. That's like, there's an enormous glaring problem that you need to fix. There's no like, hmm, if I'm, I don't think Dwight Howard on this front, not going to happen.
0: And like, so, okay, so Julio Locafor, should he been should he have been playing? I think the bigger question is, he should have been playing previous games, right? So if... If we're building a fuller team, if we're trying to win games, the Nets should have had, um, Jaleel Okafor should have been getting minutes every game so that if you get in the situation where you go against a really good big man like Dwight Howard and you're at the end of the game and you're blowing a 20-what, four-point lead, whatever it was, you need to be able then to go to someone on the bench who's actually played basketball. Jaleel, Jaleel Okafor has not played basketball. Mozgolf, understandably, is that... By the way, you need to follow Mozgolf on Instagram. I know. I don't even know. I don't, it's just... It, it's not, not quite sad, but it's a lot of, like, just family photos. There's nothing to do with basketball. And it's very, like... It's very as if you're just following a rich guy who has Instagram, which is what he is. He's a rich guy who has Instagram. It's a, it's a great look.
1: It sounds um, amazing.
0: Um Brian, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just so goddamn frustrated.
1: Sure boy. Terrible. Luis Torres. Um, I'm says I'm literally, th- thanks for hitting us up, Luis. Um, says I'm literally sitting in a town hall meeting Ooh. and seeing the Nets blew a 20 point lead. Um, which is exactly where I think both fans of our show and fans of the Nets spend their, spend their weekday nights at town hall meetings. Um, that being said, I miss the Cuban sandwiches from Barclays Center. Favorite Very food good. at the Barclays. That's yeah, one of my favorites. Because I can't with this team right now. I think, uh, I mean, there must. I think I was there not too long ago, and I saw some Cuban sandwiches somewhere.
0: I think that's the thing I always land on because I don't want to go burger, and then chicken is a little like I'm into chicken, but then I always feel like crap after eating fried chicken. So I always land on the Cuban. For some reason, I think the Cuban sandwich is healthier, but I don't really know for sure. Uh, my favorite used to be the uh, Boomer and Carton stand, but I don't think that exists anymore, uh, unfortunately.
1: Well, thank you for that um, that information about your food wants and desires, Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving moving through the uh, the the blazing hot um, Glue Guys inbox now. Um, Sean J. Cole, your boy. Am I a reasonable fan for wanting Atkinson fired? Capital F fired. <laughs> I look at every game the Nets have been beat by a big man and wonder, why doesn't Kenny at least give Mozgov or Okafor some burn? Just see if they can play defense. There we go. If the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, well, isn't Atkinson insane? Thanks, John. Um, I was recently listening to somebody talk about this often repeated axiom about the definition of insanity. It's just baseless. It's not true. It's just a thing that people say, you know. I think like Ben Franklin said it or something first and it just became part of the you know well, it's th- a
0: this goes back to back to our, you know, like three and D, uh, you know, space and pace. It mm. it sounds good, so then it yeah. is true. Or yeah. it's not even true, <laughs> it's just perceived yeah. as being true. <laughs> It's like yeah. I was listening to there's some show you, there's a the show Love on Netflix and one of the characters is going through AA and she was saying some AA terms that, that like they sound really good. It's a it, oh um resentment is is like you drinking poison and holding it in for yourself. Yeah. Some weird thing, but it's like wow that sounds great. Yes. But yeah. it's not true. I mean it's mostly not true.
1: So well, First and foremost, I think, like, insanity is not, uh, like, a recognized state of, of be, like, you, you have, you're schizophrenic or, like, there's, you know, there's all kinds of subdivisions within that, like, mental health umbrella. Anyways, we're spending too much time on this. Sean <laughs> Jekyll, uh, Coyle, thank you for your email. Um, is it unreasonable to why Kenny Atkinson fired uh, for losing to the Charlotte Hornets in a late March uh, barn Burner, yes, you were you were unreasonable, unfortunately. Um, what, a,
0: what a weird game! That the fact that you have two teams below five hundred playing as hard as they were,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, at this point in the season, this is typically like tank a Palooza. Both teams are trying to figure out a way to both lose the game, and yeah. I mean, the Nets net seemed like they were actually tanking the way that they were playing at the end of the game. Oh my God,
1: Brian! Mm. Um, wow, you're you're like you're it's, um. It's this not, is a post mortem here.
0: It's not. It's not good. I'm, not, I'm frustrated, man. It's a frustrating thing because, you know, we're supposed to believe in that the way that the Nets are playing basketball, the reason why they win games is because they play it better than anyone else, um, you know, a certain version of basketball. They're basically the Houston Rockets without talent, and then they go, they have a 20-whatever-point lead, and then they just let it float away because they put Quincy Acey at center. It's uh It's insane. Insane, Brian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're insane, Mike. Um, next up, uh, we can parlay this into a a, uh, a long conversation about the f- the free agency um, mm. upcoming. It's your boy, Matt Duelka. Um, hey, dudes, The pot is dope. You're dope. right back at you. Um, quick into the point, who fits better, Randall Jabari Gordon. And to go with that, Kinda. What's your guess in the starting lineup on November first,
0: twenty eighteen? Wow.
1: Um. So we got some some restricted free agents in that um, in that dealio. So, and w- with all of those things, like I don't know, Jabari is certainly not a presumably not a max <laughs> restricted free agent prospect. Um, if any of them seems. Realistic to me, I think it's maybe Jabari. Just based on that recent, you saw that bit bit of uh, like Reddit Reddit worthy news where somebody was talking about how Jabari's relationship with um, the Bucks is strained and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and that um some some guy for the Racing Journal reported that the, that the Bucks were very very close to trading Jabari at the deadline, which actually like I think the GM has come out. And said that he listened to offers, but that he wasn't making offers, which, you know, so, so basically confirms that it was true
1: in my book. Um, the, uh, so I think what what I've read about it a little bit was that basically Jason Kidd was never into Jabari Parker, didn't like his game, um, and ever, the, for, throughout the entirety of the relationship, was strained just because Jason Kidd had a prejudice against his version of basketball, which... Um, is you know in in today's era sort of falling out of out of vogue it's it's a um, like a you know an, an ISO heavy version of basketball um so I mean like on just in terms of skill sets, I think it's pretty clear that Aaron Gordon's skill set fits the system best you know a um, an athletic stretch four guy who's you know six eight still can't guard, guard Dwight Howard that's exactly who he <laughs>
0: thats one. Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, and I think he might be – I mean, like, obviously that's going to be the player that's, like, most – I mean, I don't know. Uh, What's what's the hot takes on Randall? Do you have any? Well,
0: it's, like, interesting. I think Julius Randall, like, we've gone up and back with him this season in terms of, oh, he stinks, oh, he's good, because he was on the bench for a while with the Lakers, and now he's um, been playing, like, really well as the Lakers have ascended somewhat. They're moving past the point where the Celtics are going to get the pick. And now the Sixers are going to get the pick. The thing is, it's like, obviously, I don't know the personality types, but like, do you really want to make like a Lakers light core, you know, with the Nets? Like, we already kind of saw what Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell look like together. Putting them back together
1: Mm.
0: is less interesting. Like, obviously, if Brandon Ingram became available, you wouldn't worry about that. But Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell, less interesting to me. Um, Aaron Gordon obviously is like the super big target that would fit perfectly, uh, within this lineup, but then it also becomes not that like Rondé should be stopping anything, but Rondé then becomes completely useless. Um, and I don't know if your overall production is going to matter. Like, so you, if you sub in Aaron Gordon's numbers for Rondé House Jefferson's, you prove a couple of points and you get maybe a couple more rebounds and you're a little bit more, versatile defensively but then it's just not that much of a tick up right like there's not a tremendous leap uh between any of them uh and also so then you go to jabari and it's like okay so if you look at his stats it's super interesting brian he's shooting 50 percent from the field and 41 percent from three in about 20 minutes per game those are <laughs> pretty tasty stats but like what type of team do you have if jabari and d'angelo russell are your you know two of your four best players and they're on the floor all the time. Defensively you're going to be a disaster. a, a disaster,
1: you know? I mean, sure. Sure. Um gosh, Ken, is it? I mean, this goes back into the, you know, then you get other defenders, but like offense obviously more valuable than defense if you have a chance to wrangle some very, uh, some, some players with, with good offensive potential, you kind of, you, you got to just kind of do it, Mike. I mean, the Luke Mutes are out there and you can get them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the 20 point per game scorers are a little bit harder to come by. Not to say that Jabari is there or will ever get back there. I mean, he was there. Um, I mean, sort of, I mean, I, I think he can. Uh, it seems like he's still not like fully integrated back into any system and it probably behooves them not to at this point um, for a variety of reasons um, yeah I don't know I mean what do you think so okay let's let's call this instead of doing the 2018 starting lineup of uh, that he asked for um, let's just do this is Jabari a net in 2018
0: no but um, if he were I think it would be on like a pretty nice little deal for the nets right like because I don't think He's not the type of guy that, uh, well, Sean Marks actually has a history of overpaying people. Like already, we've, I mean, Alan Crabb, Tyler Johnson, he's thrown out massive contracts to people. I don't think Jabari would be that type of guy that he would lavish a whole bunch of money on. So I would say no. Uh, but mm. I, if he were, I think it would be on an interesting contract that I would probably be excited about that he would be on mm. this team. Uh, that's what I would like.
1: Um, Next up, true boy. This is maybe my favorite question that's ever <laughs> arrived in this inbox. Oh, wow. uh, this is by true boy, John Knudson yeah. um, for hitting us up. Um, it, all it says is Stroh swift or Sean Williams. Um, and that's Sean Williams spelled S E A N for those who are wondering, which is the area 51 Sean Williams, um, which makes this a difficult question, of course. Um, but for, I mean, so do, do you have a, any thoughts on this, Mike, to start?
0: Um, I think Stromile Swift is highly up there in my like favorite names category, right? Yeah. Um, so that weighs heavily on me. Uh, the Swift jersey it just looks good. And also Mile to go with that. Um,
1: Great name. And in the naming category, it's not close.
0: And Sean Williams, we've had Sean Williams. There's been other Sean Williams. So I go Stromile <laughs>
1: Swift um i was so heckin hyped on sean williams when we drafted him i can't tell you i had a um a summer internship uh where i had access to a computer the whole day and i remember just uh using they had photoshop and just making desktop wallpapers of (laughs) nits players no (laughs) like whipping out like you know dozens of these things. Uh and Sean Williams was heavily featured uh in that in that um round of, of desktop wallpapers. Um so I was pretty invested in, in Sean Williams growth. All that being said, I still go Stro Miles Swift. Just and can I just point <laughs> everyone everyone uh because Sean never gave you the goods, obviously. Like there was, you know, he has a mixtape out there somewhere on YouTube that I've watched too many times. But just just the one clip of uh Stromile Swift dunking on Tyrus Thomas in like two thousand nine or something, or maybe before that, I don't know. But go back and watch that. Uh it is one of the most underrated dunks ever in the history of basketball, got zero play, uh, but he cranks back a two handed dunk so far it touches the the like small of his back. I swear. I've looked <laughs> at it like in, in slow motion. <laughs> it looks like it's touching where a tramp stamp might go. Um and in your so, pre-
0: pure sense as a basketball fan, that that is o- pretty much the only thing that you do care about, right, is just a super sick dunker.
1: With regards it? to, like, Stromail Swift and Sean Williams, I think that that's <laughs> – I think, unfortunately, that's a lot of what their game gets reduced to. Um, so I'm going with that because, like, okay, so here's the how to explain this all. Nets fans were always – in the absence of Kenyon Martin, always looking for the next Kenyon Martin and never <laughs> getting it. And so anytime we got a 6'10 dunker – we were hoping and praying that it'd be the second coming and obviously it never was. Um, but we were, we were, we were looking and hoping, uh, more than most fan bases. And, uh, in, in the, at least the dunking department, you know, Sean Williams, it was a boy, it was a boy child. He had those boy muscles and, and Strom when we got him was like a 10 year vet or something, he'd be in forever. Um, and so we had those old man, old man muscles with, with, uh, with that six ten jumpers hops. So it was good, good to go. Um, Let's see. Is there anything else we want to touch on, Mike? Should I keep going?
0: Uh, yeah, hit hit a couple more emails, and then I want to do a game with you where we predict. <laughs> I was So when I predicted, so I want to do a game where we look through the schedule and say if it's a win or a loss, and I came up with this game uh, when the team was up, when the Nets were up by 20 points. Now I don't know how much of a guarantee any games are as a win, but we'll still do it because it's a fun exercise. But uh, do we have any other email?
1: Um... <clears throat> Okay, so true boy Mario Allison, um, great name. Uh, is it me, or does it seem like Kenny Atkinson is getting overwhelmed, like he gets players mm. to play hard but doesn't make any schematic changes? That's, Mikey?
0: You know how I feel about it. I mean, it's something that doesn't make schematic changes. So what's interesting, again, is that um, – he makes certain decisions that are wonderful and beautiful and are perfect. And he's a smart coach. He puts guys in in good positions to do well offensively, defensively. He doesn't seem to care as much. Obviously, so remember when the season started, how terrible the Nets were defensively, and then we, you know, they they've kind of walked that back. They played a little better. But it feels like at the as we're going closer to the end of the season, we're getting back to, the again, Quincy A.C. at center, Rondé House Jefferson at center. Just, you know, we understand that basketball is all about space and pace and you want, you know, positionless basketball, but there still has to be a guy who can stop someone coming from the rim. So there was a moment in the Hornets game. It wasn't the Kemba Walker play at the end. It was a play or two before that when Frank Kaminsky drove from the three-point line down to the lane, and I think Damari Carroll could have come over to try to block the shot, but he doesn't have the ability to actually do that. Like he he can't take on Frank Kaminsky at the rim, like you know a center would. So Frank Kaminsky scores on a layup. Those are the type of plays that happens when you don't have. I mean, I don't want to really see Mozgov out there, but Mozgov actually would have made an impact. I'm not lying. I, I know how crazy that is, but he would have made a difference in this game, and. Uh, the fact that they refuse to play a center beyond Jared Allen is the reason why they've lost some games this year.
1: I don't know. I don't know about this one. I mean, <clears throat> like it's it's really easy to say that in hindsight we lost a what should have been a gimme here, um, but I you know watching Okafor or Mozgov play defense against, I mean, like I, I'll grant you this that like. Is it worth taking a look at? Probably. Probably should just take a quick glance, see how much rust Miles has on him. Oh, a ton, and he can't like has zero lateral movement, and he's like letting right. Dwight Howard like drive right into his face. Okay, good, take him out. Probably worth it. I don't know that it actually moves the needle. We don't. There no like no amount of Julia Okafor is going to ultimately stop what Dwight Howard is doing. Um, but for symbolic purposes. Should we take a look? Yes, I do think we should take a look. Will it make a difference? Probably not. Fair?
0: Well, I, but it's also like, what's the point of having Julio Loco for if you're not going to play him at all? And like, I'm not, he should not have come in if he had not played the whole game. He should not have come in at the end of the game to play defense. That doesn't make sense. What I'm saying is that like, you should have been building him up slightly more than, he got like eight DMPs in a row before playing recently against the Sixers. Um, and then he played three games, and then I think he had... So this was, would have been the fourth game, and then now he got a DNP. So by him not playing at all, he's not progressing at all. Like, no matter how great of a developmental coach Kenny Atkinson is, you can't develop a guy if he doesn't play basketball on the floor during a regular season basketball game. So by not developing him in other games, he cannot use him in this game. And again... He would not have been good defensively. Understand that, but he would have been an option—a better option than Quincy Acy, who is extremely limited. And I know we all hate on Quincy Acy so much; everyone does. But he is, and he—he's fine enough, but he is not a center. He's not a center who you'd put against a team like the Hornets, who have Dwight Howard and Frank Kaminsky and tall dudes. Just doesn't make sense.
1: Doesn't I'll make say sense. this: aside from tonight's uh whatever like w- debacle watching him play against the sixers and stuff um he i'm uh i'm worried that he's he's reverting back into his the old version of himself i mean there was never a new version of himself really <laughs> but but this um basically like trying to force a mismatch and then him going against whoever this like you know back-to-the-basket, man-on-the-block uh, sort of style of basketball that he's, you know, raised on and it's in his blood uh, and it's and it's why, you know, and he has giant legs and that's what they're for um, and uh, that's just not going to be, that's he just doesn't, it doesn't appear like he feels comfortable really changing or adapting he's like, I'm playing for the survival of my career and then when I get in the game I need to put up some points, that's what I need to do because I want to keep, like if I don't if I get no like traction after this offseason uh, because I was, like, playing the system in the Brooklyn Nets for five minutes a game, <laughs> like, I'm going to be screwed. I'm going to be absolutely screwed. Do
0: you, so um, do you think he, Jaleel Okafor, is on an NBA roster
1: next season? Well, he's, like, you know, in the – it's such a difficult position for him to be in because, right, because, like, <laughs> it's – you know, like I was just saying, like, it – you want to play within the system. You want to do the, you know, eat your basketball vegetables, you know, so to speak. Um, but he, he needs to have productivity to be irrelevant in this league after his trajectory. Uh, it's going to be super important. Um, my, my, my it takes a lot to really f- fully fall from grace. Like you need some Anthony Bennett style bad PR to like really really eject yourself out of this league in that way. From from the kind of heights that he was at, like you know Anthony Bennett didn't even have that, and he still hung around like an extra year or two um, before finally fading into after after his after the Brooklyn Nets put him out to pasture as we do um, yeah. two players. <laughs> um, I I think it's very possible that he signs a. I, does he resign with this team? I, like is there a two million dollar con- Tyler Zeller style contract in it for him? like pro- probably I think there might be um, to, like depending on if we break the bank and you know move Damari Carroll to get like some giant offer for Jabari Parker or something um in the absence of anything like that, like I think it's likely we, we throw him you know a, a very very small contract is, Does that seem insane or? I,
0: I almost think at this point because they haven't shown any faith in him that he is not he's not going to be on the team next year from my belief, and that I, won't, I think they would rather have an open roster spot than have Jaleel Okafor as a developmental prospect. You think so? I, I, and like Stauskas, we haven't talked about him. He doesn't play at all. I think someone tweeted at us he was excited while we were up by 20 to see some garbage time, Stauskas and Okafor. And remember, there's a, there was a point in the season when we were talking about how Stauskas played well like a couple of games, and then I was like, okay, well, th- this is what's going to happen. They're going to trade Joe Harris for a first-round pick, and then Stauskas is going to get all the Joe Harris minutes, and then Stauskas is going to be good. And he's he's completely gone. He's one of the end-of-the-bench guys with Mozgov and Okafor. Um, I would think they would rather have an open roster spot, test out a bunch of D-League guys, G-League guys, excuse me, and hopefully find the next Spencer Dinwiddie than try to uh, transform Julia Locofort into something that 's useful for them, because they haven 't found that yet they 've had plenty of time. I, the, no longer the excuse of that he 's new to the team exists. He just, it's, Atkinson doesn't want to play him really. Um, Atkinson makes up excuses for why he doesn't want to play him. Most of the time he says he wants to he'd rather go athletic against a team with a big he'd rather go quick and athletic than he go with um, someone with size like Okkofort. He said that before in post-game shows. Um, he he has made decisions not to play Okafor specifically against teams that Okafor could have a chance defensively against. And he, <laughs> he probably will not be on this team next year. And on an NBA roster, I, to be like the only scenario would be like, gosh, what kind of team beyond the nets would he fit on? It would have to be sort of like an old time GM who still believes that, um, that, that type of center exists. Like,
1: not Memphis, Do- Doc. Come on, let's get back, and get him to Memphis.
0: Like, not like Doc Rivers is like an old-time GM, but like I feel like Doc Rivers is the type of coach who would be like, Okafor is a guy that I can use for eight minutes a game, and he makes sense. And also, like, I don't know, maybe his son played with Okafor in college. I don't know, probably not, but you know, they know each other. I'm sure the Duke connection. So, so Okafor. So you is think a the
1: experiment is officially curdled? There's nothing to salvage here. It's over. Yes, you're not one of the. You're not one of those conspiracy theorists that say they're not playing him so that they have <laughs> no bidders.
0: He's he's Weapon X in that <laughs> he's going to come like and Okafor's in on it too.
1: I love. Have you ever gone and read uh, <clears throat> like of all the the hierarchy of like insanity to get uh, any NBA like comments and thoughts for people. The most insane place, and probably, presumably, this is for everything, but Facebook, if you ever read any kind of NBA news on Facebook and then see the comment section under that is going to be the most insane conversation you've ever seen. Um, (laughs) There was somebody, I think it was a Nets Daily uh, article or something, and somebody was posting under it, like... Yeah, it's pretty clear at this point that the Nets are doing a, ta- a meta tank for the Cavaliers to get something back in the future. <laughs> Ooh. Like, dead serious. I'm pr- Like, I, you know, he kept talking. Like, he was not backing down. This was a very serious take. Um, scorching hot. Scorching hot take.
0: Beautiful take. Um, do we have any <clears> more <throat> email, or do you want to run through the schedule and say if it's a win or a loss? Let's,
1: let's run through the schedule. I'm interested to hear.
0: Okay, so I had a theory. I, it's not even much of a theory. It's the fact that, like... Pretty much every team is either a playoff team that they're playing or a team that is tanking. The Hornets were the one exception to be a team that is going to be in the lottery but doesn't seem to be tanking. So here's, here's the next schedule coming up. I will say the team and where it is, and you tell me if it is a win or a loss. Okay. okay. At Toronto on Friday is a loss.
1: You didn't let me answer. Yeah, I didn't let you answer. No. Uh,
0: home against the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: Probably a loss.
0: At Orlando.
1: Mm, I'm going to go win. Let's be optimistic. Come on, let's party. So
0: so that's 24 wins on the season at Miami. Probably a loss. Home versus Detroit.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's probably a loss, Brian, I think. Probably. Yeah, let's go. Loss. Let's let's play it conservatively. Oh, and
0: that's a back to back for the Nets. The Nets would be flying from Miami to home to for that game. So let's say that's a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday at so this would be at the Sixers. Probably a loss.
1: Oh, oh, you you want me to answer now? Yeah. Yes, probably a loss. You're, yeah, t- yeah. I'll go, I'll go with you, Mike.
0: At Milwaukee,
1: <sighs> Sneaking win. That's a that's a W. No, actually, we've always played really poorly <laughs> against Milwaukee. Um, yeah, probably lost.
0: And so then the Nets finish with two, uh, home and home with the Bulls and then the Celtics. Away, Hell not yeah. home and home with the Celtics, the, but in a that's way. That's
1: where we're getting our Ws because they're going to go rest everyone, all their all their um, banged-up starters and stuff who are all probably still going to be banged up. They're resting against us, dude.
0: Dude, that's the season. That's it. The Nets have uh, 10 games left. Half of them are against playoff teams. The other half are against – well, probably more than half, but about half are against playoff teams. The other half are against teams that are not that good. Um, this is a crucial. This is a crucial stretch. And this game would have, if they would have won this game, they would have won three games in a row. And then you can make the argument that the Nets are the best of the worst, right? That the Nets, you know, they're not tanking. They're constri- continuing to strive to win. And, you know, they're heading in an upward trajectory, heading towards an offseason where they have some money to play with. They have a first-round pick, and they're about to get their own first-round pick back. But now the Nets are in a situation where uh, they lost this game. And, you know, it'd be nice if they could surprise one of those playoff teams to sort of get the mojo back a little bit. Because, uh, you know, you don't want to end the season – they need to end the season with wins, more, more, almost more than any non-playoff team. Like there needs to be a feeling of, we have D'Angelo, we have Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, everyone we have on the, we're all healthy besides Jeremy Lynn. We should be winning some of these games against tanking teams. Um, so that's that's the
1: goal, Bry. Here, here, Mike.
0: All right, um, we will get at you sometime next week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, all your wonderful emails. NetSpot at Gmail. Love them so much. What do we need from iTunes, Brian? What do we need from our listeners from iTunes?
1: Um, they know what we need, and they gotta stop <laughs> hold, They got to stop holding out on us right now. Cough them up, boys. That's five reviews, or five stars, reviews. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you all for
0: listening. Find us, Nets Daily, Almighty Baller, at guys on Twitter. And thank you. Good night, Brian.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>